Welcome back, everybody, to the Crown Hoops Podcast. We're on episode number 59. I am your host for today, filling in for Jordan, Stacey Carter II. And with me, I got Ben Ogazawa. And uh, I, it, who is – is that a new guy? Is that a new hey, guy? You. Who is that? Who Watch is that out. right there? Watch out, man. Y'all Watch said it's been, a long, <laughs> it's been a long it's time. Been Welcome a little back, bit. Mike. Welcome back. <laughs> I, I, hey, I appreciate it. It's been a little bit. Y'all seen the technical difficulties, but I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. I'm glad. I'm glad you heard it because we got, we got a jam-packed episode today. You know, free agency is right around the corner. Starts August 2nd. Players can sign August 6th. We got the draft coming up tomorrow. We got rumors going around, everything in between. So let's get right into it. Like I said, free agency, only a few steps away. Um, a lot of teams looking to make a lot of moves. And one team in particular that everybody got their eye on, of course, is the Los Angeles Lakers. Y'all know how the rumors go the last two years. Every, sign, every star is going to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. Every star. Every star you can think of. So... Let's go over the Lakers' plans. What should they be looking for in this free agency period to get back into the title picture? Mike, let's start with you. All right, man. So my team, look, judging off what happened last year and putting injuries aside, I mean, it's we say the same thing about the Lakers every year, man. We need shooting. At the end of the day, we still need shooting around LeBron James and around Anthony Davis. When you got two guys that demand that much attention in the paint and in the pick and roll, you need guys who can, who can consistently space the floor. Unfortunately, this year, even KCP had his moments, but he was off. Got Kuzma trying to make it work, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, who, who is a, a, an above-average scorer, but not a great shooter. So we, we had lots of problems with those. So I think the number one thing we need to address is shooting around LeBron and AD. And I think number two is what they're looking for right now, as we, I'm sure we've all heard, is a playmaker. A playmaker, another guy who could take some of that load off LeBron James. You know, again, he's getting older. Another injury this year. You know, some of those responsibilities, we're going to have to pull back on some of those. So for me, finding a young playmaker who can play off LeBron, knock down open shots, and also defend the opposing point guard, I think those are the two main things that the Lakers got to get shooting and another playmaker. All right, so uh, I got a question for you. Speaking of Dennis Schroeder, you know, he's looking for a big deal. There's rumors going around. He'll sign with the Lakers for four years, over $100 million. The Bulls are offering five years for over $100 million. Uh, Would you be welcoming of the Lakers returning Dennis Schroeder? <sighs> That's tough, man. So he had a rough first year, especially when we got to the playoffs, but – I'm not going to place too much on his shoulders. This year was just such a crazy year with he got COVID. He was out with protocols, things of that nature, injuries left and right. So, man, if we can't find someone under the right bill, I'm not totally opposed to bringing Schroeder back, even though, granted, a lot of people say, what, he was playing for that contract. He didn't live up to it. I get it, but there are some things that we just might not be able to find another point guard affordably. The way he's able to attack the rim and get to the rim at times, the way he's able to play defense, I think he'll become a better shooter. And also, the chemistry will build. It's it's one thing to keep bringing in new players, but you got to build that chemistry. I mean, look at who won the chip this year. They had chemistry built in Milwaukee, so I think that's something that we need. So I'm not totally opposed to bringing Schroeder back if it's our best option. And again, I really mean if it's our best option because there's some other point guards I, I would like us to get, but 
if it ends up being shorter, I'm okay with it. All right, Ben, what you think about the Lakers' plans? What should they do in this free agency period? Yeah, I kind of had the same thing down here as Mike, just shooters, shooters, shooters. Uh, I don't really know what we got on the market right now, but obviously point guards, like guys like Chris Paul, Mike Conley, uh, Kyle Lowry, guys like that, who not only are a threat from outside, but also solid playmakers. Um, outside of that, just the third option. I saw they were looking at guys like DeMar DeRozan, Russell Westbrook, um, et cetera. So just someone who can score, because uh, Kuz doesn't look like he's been working out. And not only just not working out, but not working out in any sense of the word. Um, so I think you got to go find a legit third scoring option, uh, whether that's DeMar DeRozan or whoever. Um, you, you need a, a guy who can score. See, me personally. Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. But me personally, I like Schroeder on this team. I, I do. I think he played, I think he played okay this year. Uh, obviously, COVID, you know, knocked him off his pivot, but. Overall, I, I like Schroeder on this team. I don't think they the Lakers need to sign a, a huge star. Um, I like the rumor going around that they're trying to trade Kyle Kuzma to the Kings for Buddy Hill, which co- which would cover shooting. Buddy Hill's a career 40% shooter from three. And then if they could sign DeMar DeRozan, that'd be cool as well. I think I think those two moves right there would like definitely put the Lakers back in title contention and into the NBA Finals. Uh, Mike, what you think about the Lakers possibly bringing in Buddy Hill to cover the shooting? Do you, um, do you like it as far as, like, giving up Kyle Kuzma? Hey, I love that move. I'm going to be real. On 2K, I make that move every year. <laughs> every year I go trade for Buddy Hill. Nah, but in, in all honesty, I, I love the move. It's all about do the Kings want to make that move at the end of the day. From a Lakers standpoint – you give up Kyle Kuzma, who's, you know, six seven slasher guy who can get to the bucket, do different things, but he hasn't panned out. Buddy how he's shown us what he is by the, at this point in the league. Knockdown shooter, like you said, 40% from the three-point range. He can, I mean, the dude can score. He's not just a shooter. He can get in the mid-range. I've seen him get to the bucket. Um, I, I don't know how much of it is there defensively, but I feel like he would be able to come in and provide, just like you said, exactly what we need at the right time. Scoring from someone else other than LeBron and AD and a knockdown shooter, you know, when you find him in the corner or when LeBron drives to the to the paint and dishes out, you know nine times out of ten he's probably going to knock that down. So I love that move if the Lakers are able to make it. And I also wanted to say that the, the DeRozan move, look, look, I know he's not a three-point shooter, but in this league, when you look at it, you got the Brooklyn Nets coming back. They got three guys that can go give you 30 on any night. If you look at Milwaukee, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, those guys each had their nights where they came out and showed what they could do and they provided something. So a guy like DeRozan who could give you 30 on any night or a night where LeBron's shot isn't dropping, you could just give it to him and watch him and AD run pick and roll action because DeRozan's a great mid-range shooter. I, I agree with you, Stacey. I think those two moves would be – I would be very happy if those <laughs> were the two moves the Lakers ended up making. I heard we're also looking at a guy like Reggie Bullock. So, it, again, it, it's just a lot out there, but I love the move of Buddy, definitely. All right, moving on to the next topic, the next team. We got to be fair, Mike. You know, it can't be all Lakers on the show. We do have hey, a Raptors fan in the house. We got a Raptors fan. I like fan. the Raptors. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I like the Raptors, too. Let's, let's talk about – there you go, Ben, getting into the spirit. Let's, let's talk yes, about sir. the Raptors uh, for a minute. Uh, ben, go ahead and talk about what the Raptors should do in the offseason so that way they can stay being uh, playoff contenders. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, we had one pretty glaring issue from kind of the start of last season, and that was big men. So we, we kind of patched it up a little bit, adding guys like Keem Birch and Freddie Gillespie, who, who were solid towards the end of the year, but that was a tanking team. I don't want us to be a tanking team next year. Um, so I think we either draft a big like Evan Mobley, um, maybe trade up to three, draft a big like Evan Mobley, or if he falls to four or whatever. Either that or trade the pick and maybe some role players for a solid big. Um, maybe a guy like Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, fourth pick is a lot. Package a guy like Pascal Siakam to the Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns Ooh. is there. Or wow. you uh, you head over even to the Warriors, promising young big in uh, James Wiseman over there. Or even a free agency, Rashawn Holmes from the Sacramento Kings. We talked about the yeah, Kings they, a little yeah, bit. Rashawn Holmes is uh, a free agent this season, so I'd love to get my hands on him too as a team. Pause, but uh, I yeah, just would love any sort of any sort of big man at the end of the day uh, who's not Aaron Baines on on the on the oh, Raptors. Dang, so. no love oh, for Baines. Man. No love, no love <laughs> for Baines. <laughs> uh, it's a. I saw this rumor going around, Ben. I want to get your take on it. The Raptors and the 76ers being involved in trade. We're talking about like Kyle Lowry, Fred, mm. Fred Van Fleet to bring in Ben Simmons. What you think about that? Uh, I saw the, the offer from the Sixers, which was, was nuts. It's like Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, Ananobi, and the, uh, the fourth overall for Simmons, which at this point in Simmons' career uh, is pretty ludicrous, if you ask me. Like, this is the lowest I think his trade value will ever get. I mean, we considered – not six months ago, he was considered untouchable in a in a James Harden trade, and now mm. I and now I I barely even do Lowry in the fourth overall for Simmons. That's just kind of where it's gotten, and I think he he still has a lot of promise, and I would still love to have him on my team. I just think the asking price for him right now is as low as it'll probably ever get in his career. So yeah, I, I, while I would love to have Simmons on my team, I think the 76ers need to take it down a notch because after, the, after that after that playoff performance, after that playoff performance, they're not going to yeah. get anything close to to what they had asked for. And that's ridiculous. I'm not giving all that up for Ben Simmons, OG no. Ananobi. I'm not giving up OG Ananobi. It's the mini Kawhi. No, I'm not exactly. giving up baby Kawhi. Kawhi. Exactly. I'm not giving yeah. up baby Kawhi. Not giving up Fred Fanfleet. <laughs> that's, that's you really might have been bro. able to talk me into Lowry, maybe. Yeah, yeah, would yeah, have, yeah. And I would need something back. Like I, I need Ben Simmons and maybe Maxi. I don't know, but Lowry is yeah. probably the only piece I could talk to you about it, just because of his age at this point. Yeah, I think that's a win-win too, because the Sixers are obviously in win-now position with Embiid, Tobias Harris, guys like that. Lowry doesn't right. have probably too much left in the tank, but this year I think he'd make them a contender in the East next to the Nets and the, and the Bucks. So we'll see. Yeah. Mike, uh, do you got anything to add as far as Raptors free agency plans? Uh, actually, you brought up the trade I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna bring up. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking offering that much for Ben Simmons, and like you said, Ben, at this point. He's not coming off a high point. He's coming off a of playoffs where he cost me money. I hate to say it. I didn't want to bring it up, but it was one game. I just needed him to get 10 points, fam. Oh 10 God. points. And he came out and gave me four. And, it, and it, look, when you got a guy like Ben Simmons, who we all know can't shoot, we obviously know he needs to work on his game. But when you scared to shoot the ball, like that's a whole nother monster in itself. Mm -hmm. So, Attaching four players to go get a guy like Ben Simmons, who 
who we've seen in the playoffs can become a liability. Yeah, I, I crazy, crazy talk. But as far as what the Raptors need to do, I agree with Ben. They could add another center. Obviously, they need a big man. They've lost guys over the past two years. They could also add another guard because with the possibility of losing Kyle Lowry this year, I don't know if that means drafting someone, maybe a Jalen Suggs or maybe going after a veteran. But um, I think those two moves will definitely put them back in the race in the East. But I, I'm sorry, Ben. I, I think the East right now is a little, it's a little top heavy right now. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how much y'all going to be able to make a move. So I, I like your idea of actually Siakam for Carl Anthony Towns, you know, pairing some role players with that. They need another guy like that if they want to enter the championship. So, so that I, I, I like that uh, GM Ben. I like that. I'm like Bobby Webster's <laughs> younger brother out here. There you go. Yeah. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, let's look at let's look at teams to watch this free agency period because you know there's always gonna be that team or two that's gonna make a big splash, surprising move, uh, shift the balance in the NBA. Uh, one team that I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors. They looking to go back to their championship ways. It seems like they're trying to build that team reminiscent of the 2014-15 run. Have Steph, healthy Clay, uh, somebody strong at the three. Maybe run a little small ball with Draymond. Um, I they they have the assets. They have what the seventh and fourteenth pick in this year's draft. So they yep. got the assets mm-hmm. to move. Like Ben was talking about, maybe bring in Pascal Siakam. Maybe bring in Carl Anthony Towns. We don't know. Um, another team that I'm looking at is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I think the Mavericks are one star piece away from contending, really contending in the West. Uh, hopefully, um, Porzingis can go back to the old Porzingis. They got a new head coach. They got, you know, former Dallas players coming in and, and uh, retooling the culture a little bit. So those two teams I'm looking at is like one piece away from being like finals contenders. So, uh, Mike, who are some teams that you're looking at this free agency period to make a big move? Okay, so you already said one of them. I think everybody's going to say this one, Golden State Warriors. Obviously, we most people, I would say, feel they're a piece away from being in that top tier. You know, you already got Steph and Clay. So a piece away, you got the Andrew Wiggins contract, you can move. You got the Kelly Oubre contract, you can move. You got those picks, like you said. So I think Golden State is obviously the first one to watch. Um, my two other teams, Philly, we kind of hit on them a little bit. Obviously, they need to do something. Ben Simmons is the piece they have. They need to bring in another guy, another leader, another star, maybe another. It doesn't even necessarily have to be someone who's going to score consistently for them. But I feel like they need a leader, a guy who can, again, same thing kind of like the Lakers need, a a playmaker, a guy who can knock down a shot and play defense out there and create for others. Um, My last team that I wanted to bring up, uh, the Portland Blazers. I think the Portland Blazers need to make a move. I feel like Dame might come back for one more year. Chauncey Billups' first year, he's, you know, aspiring new head coach. I think they could go in and try to pair somebody up with Dame so that they don't lose him. You know, he's already – there's been rumors about him possibly requesting a trade coming up soon. So I think the Blazers should go out and try to make a move to try to keep Damian Lillard if it's not moving Damian Lillard, which I know they don't want to do, and try to make one more run to try to keep him around because obviously – they got plenty of role players, but obviously that is not it. He needs another star with him, another. And C.J. McCollum just hasn't been the answer. So the 
Blazers the team that I'm watching to make a move. All right, Ben, who are your teams to watch this free agency period? Uh, I mean, you guys definitely hit on the big ones. The other one I'll say is uh, the New York Knicks for sure. Um, I mean, they it's just uh, probably one of the bigger markets outside of L.A. and Boston in the NBA. Um, so it's an attractive destination for that reason. A lot of guys in the NBA are from New York as well. Um, but I think the biggest the biggest issue with the Knicks has always been that they're a, a terrible team and not only terrible at basketball, just terribly run um, by their execs. But, uh, I mean, this past season we saw a bit of a turnaround. They went in as the four seed. Uh, we're a bit disappointing in the playoffs for sure, but uh, considering how the Hawks ended up, uh, you know, going to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think the Knicks might be an attractive destination once again for, for free agents. And they were definitely the laughing stock for a period of time because they thought they were going to get everyone. And then they went to the other city, <laughs> the other team in New York, uh, like Kyrie and KD met up in Brooklyn. They didn't get the pick, whatever, whatever. Um, but I think this year might be a turning point for the Knicks uh, just because, again, it's, it's New York. Everyone wants to go to New York. Second team is kind of the opposite of New York. Probably nobody wants to go here, but uh, this is the team with by far the most cap space in the NBA. Um, so I'll just throw their name out there. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, which are also a bit of a um, dump of an organization since LeBron left. But uh, And especially the, the way they're handling this Colin Sexton situation, too. He's their best young player. And uh, sounds like they might be getting rid of him soon as well. But, I mean, they have a ton, a ton of cap space. So a lot of money to spend means you can probably land some decent free agents. I'll toss their name out there. Yeah, yeah they're not. They not. <laughs> they got who they got. That's it. That's it for. Right, let's look. Let's look at some players individually. Uh, there are a couple players who can hit the uh, free agency market. One, Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know the 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 Clippers. They fell short again, but they did make it into the Western Conference Finals. The only problem was that Kawhi wasn't there. He was dealing with an injury. Story came out that the Clippers. Team doctors misdiagnosis injury, so it's a bit of mistrust there. Uh, we don't know what Kawhi thinking, just reminiscing of his time after the Raptors. Like we don't know where he's going to go exactly. So, what what you what y'all think Kawhi should do? Should he stay with the Clippers, give it another go, or should he opt out and be a whole free agent? Mike, what you think Kawhi should do? Uh, I mean, if you if you asking me, the Laker fans, should you go back to the Clippers? I mean, the Laker family, nah, you don't, you don't need to make the mistakes in your life. But unbiased opinion, I, I think he should stay with the Clippers. Um, one, going to another team, he's coming off a torn ACL. Is he playing next year? When's he coming back next year? So if you're on a new team, then you got to rebuild chemistry with a new team. You haven't played with them. Then you got to gear up and get ready for the playoffs. And I just talked about some of the top teams in the playoffs having multiple stars. You, you're not going to get through that. So I think he should stay with the Clippers. You, they've obviously shown improvement from the year before to this year, I think, in my opinion. Uh, Paul George, you know, for what we want to say about the guy, what he did in the playoffs, he still averaged 28-10-5 in the Western Conference Finals, you know. And I, I think he definitely surprised some of us with some of his play. Obviously, he had his bad nights, but just imagine if Kawhi Leonard was there and how much pressure that would have took off him. So I think there's chemistry being built there. Um, I, I like the way I saw Reggie Jackson play this year. He mm -hmm. definitely took a step up. Zubak played better. So I think 
the Clippers, once they get past this stigma of being the Clippers, obviously you have a great team there. So I think he should stay there. They just made the Western Conference Finals. Um, they came down from multiple 0-2 deficits in the playoffs. Obviously, there's something there with this team. Um, they were just missing the big dog. So I think he should stay there, nurse his injury back, and come back and see what they got. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he should stay. Um, the Clippers, they're all like – they just a couple pieces away. I mean, like you said, they made it to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in their franchise history. You can trust Paul George in the playoffs now. I think he proved that he could uh, put a team on his back. You had Reggie Jackson, who uh, he was playing lights out, lights out. And they need to play Zubak more, who who give you productive minutes from that, from that center position. I mean, they, they just a few subtle pieces away from making it out the West. And especially if the Lakers can't pull off any huge offseason moves, They'll have that continuity, that same team. Ty Lewis, a great coach. So, yeah, why why not stay? Uh, ben, what you think about Kawhi? Should he leave or should he stay? I mean, I don't think uh, – I don't think he should stay. It's mm. it's like you guys said. I, I just want to be different, I guess. But like you guys <laughs> said, he, he's in a good situation. But imagine Kawhi on the Dallas Mavericks. I think that would be – make them an instant title favorite. Uh, Luca can do pretty much everything other than play defense, and Kawhi is one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, and then you still have guys like Porzingis, uh, Josh Richardson, etc. So they're they're not a bad team. Dorian Finney-Smith, whoever. Um, and then another potential destination for them is the Golden State Warriors, which is less oh, less realistic, no, less game. realistic. Oh, but that would be God. nuts. That would be insane. Okay. Right? Um, that would be like Hampton five all over again. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think Kawhi should go to a situation where he's better poised to win a championship. And I think Dallas might be the spot. Yeah. But do you think that's or like the Lakers <laughs> or the Lakers? There you go. Yeah. The opportunity to go to the Lake, you turned it down. Why would you want to go there now? But mistakes made, but mistakes yeah. were made. Hindsight, baby. <laughs> No, I don't know if Kawhi is that type of player that'll, like, join uh, a loaded team like that. Like, like yeah, Dallas, I think I think they'll, like, damn near make out the West. But I don't think he want to join another, like, superstar caliber player. Would you have that in Luka? Same thing with the Warriors and same thing with the Lakers. I don't, I don't look at him as that type of guy. So I think, like, the Clippers are, like, the best situation for him, at least for one more year. One more year. I agree with that. I mean, I was about to say, I mean, I agree with that. One more year, see, do you do another one-and-one, one, you know, with the little player option, you can opt out again and just see where you guys end up. We still haven't had that Lakers-Clippers playoff showdown. So, you know, we there's still a lot to be uh, finished in L.A. You know, Kawhi came to the town, the commercials, billboards up. I mean, to me, why would you want to bounce when it's unfinished business? Or unless you're showing us you just can't get it done here. Mm. Then the question comes in, are you that guy? You know what I mean? We've seen you do it in Toronto, but was that just a once-in-a-lifetime thing? Like, you got lucky, you lucked up, the Warriors were hurt, you got a chip, now you're in the Clippers, you're in the West, and you can't get it done. You know, obviously injuries held him back this year, but you had a great opportunity last year and you couldn't do it. So I feel like if he's not the type of guy to go team up with other superstars, 
then let's see you get it done with this team right here. I mean, the way Giannis just set the precedent, you got to get it done with the squad, man. Don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. Don't give up, man. Oh, speaking of what are they going to do? CP3. Oh, man. CP3. Mm-hmm. That close. Up 2-0. Four games in a row. Four L's. And now he got to start all the way over mm-hmm. again. Uh, obviously, he's coming off fantastic season with the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns took us by surprise. We didn't expect them to get the number two seed. Uh, we all expect them to compete for the playoffs, but not to go that high. Definitely didn't expect them to go to the NBA Finals. However, Chris Paul, he's getting older. Uh, he can hit the market if he wants to, sign with anybody, or he can opt in for his 40 plus million dollar contract. So, what should CP3 do? What should he do? Uh, ben, what should CP3 do? I think the Suns championship window is probably closed at this point. They had a very nice run, but I can't see them making the finals again next year. There's a lot of stuff had to go their way for them to make it this year. I love the team, though. I, I really do like the team. Um, I think Chris Paul is probably best shot at winning a ring is if he joins his friend LeBron James uh, in L.A. with the Lakers. So stays out west, joins LeBron. But honestly, at this point, I mean, CP3's championship window is rapidly closing as well. I mean, what is he, 37 at this point? He's, he's kind of getting to the point where you're not sure how, how useful he'll be um, on a championship team as far as, I mean, obviously he had a great season, but injury concerns are always going to be there with him and just aging it just it happens uh, especially in this kind of time where especially last season at least they were um kind of shortening rest time short off season all that but hopefully with a with a extended off season this year they'll be able to get back to normal um yeah i'm not sure i'm not i'm honestly not sure what cp3 should do but unpopular opinion i don't really like cp3 that much so <laughs> whether whether he wins a ring or not doesn't bother me nothing you're oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to throw a shot in there at CP3. Oh. I feel like everyone loves CP3. I don't really see it that much. I don't see it. <laughs> oh, man. Mike, what, what should CP3 do? Like like Ben said, it, this is a tough one, but I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not a guy who likes to see players bouncing around a whole lot in search of that ring. You know what I mean? So – I, I don't know if I want to see him out of Phoenix already when you just got to the finals. Now, granted, we all know injuries, this and that happened. There was a lot of stipulations that went into it. But honestly, that's every year. Now, it may not be this many injuries, but there's always something here or there that could happen. And who knows with this team, Devin Booker is only going to get better. I definitely thought he had a great coming out party in the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton, that was his first time in the playoffs and they got to the finals. You know what I mean? Oh. So. I get it. The stage, the stage was big. It, 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 obviously, they didn't perform up to the expectations, but I mean, you could go to the Lakers, you could go to somewhere else, but are we going to value that ring as much as we would if he did it in Phoenix? Do we value Gary Payton's ring with the Heat as much as if he would have won it with the Sonics? You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like Chris Paul should stay in Phoenix, man. You, you Again, chemistry is always big to me. You've got chemistry there. you got a budding, even though Chris Paul is old, older, you got a budding big three in, in, in a way. you got Devin Booker who can go out and give you, as we've seen in the playoffs, 40 on any given night. 
Chris Paul, he could turn back the clock when he needs to. And DeAndre Ayton's only going to get better. You know, this is just experience for that whole team, honestly. Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder's a solid role player. Like, this is a solid team. They have lost Dario Sarge, so they'll have him back. So I, I think he should stay in Phoenix and try to make it work. He's with the coach that he had some success with back in New Orleans with Monty Williams. So year one and, and you're in the finals – I think it's going to be real hard for CP3 to walk away from a team like this after the run they just had. I also think it's going to be real hard for CP3 to walk away from 40 mil at 36 yeah, or 37. About to bring it. So, <laughs> uh, I think all signs point to CP3 staying in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think his, if let's say he jumps shifts, right. And go to the Lakers, which I think mm-hmm. the team he should go to if he wants out of Phoenix. I mean, I don't think his rank right. going to be devalued in a way. Um, I mean, that's all he needs is just a, a championship ring. Just, now I'm big on get the ring where you think you can get it. If you got to go to another team, go ahead and go to another team, especially if your uh, organization ain't right, things ain't falling. So I, I, I'm okay with him going to the Lakers and getting a championship ring. But long as it ends in a championship ring, and not as what I'm starting to think is Chris Paul is probably just cursed. I, I don't know. I don't I can't I can't call it with him. Something you know, something weird always happened to him. Always in the playoffs. I don't know. And and see, it's it, it's not so much a thing about going to different places and getting ring. It's just the season that they just had. Like let's say they would have went to the playoffs and got beat by the Lakers round one. If he was to leave and go somewhere else, I, I think we'd be – even if it was the Lakers, I, I think I would be more fine with it. But mm-hmm. the fact that you was able to get this team to the finals, you was up 2-0. So it's not like Milwaukee was that much of a sizable difference as, as far as being better. I, I don't know. The ring at the time will be like, yeah, that's great. But then you also got to think if you go to L.A. and you lose – now, how bad does that reflect on you? Because if he goes to L.A., I mean, outside of Brooklyn, I think a lot of people would pick the Lakers to be, you know, be the favorites. So what if you were to go to L.A. and then be the reason you lose? Even worse, because they're not going to blame LeBron. They, 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 I mean, they might, blame, they might blame A.D., but at the same time, LeBron and A.D. have already shown they could get it done. So I'm, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, granted, what I want Chris Paul on the Lakers – Yes, obviously, he would create so many open shots for guys. It, it would be crazy. But at the same time, I, I think he has to think about that. And he's getting older. I'd hate for him to come to us just to get hurt again. You know what I'm saying? It, that That's the only thing. But I definitely do understand your point. You know, got to get that ring because that is the one thing he is missing from his resume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go on to trade rumors. There's some trade rumors going around. The latest one involves my boy Bradley Bill. Bradley Beal to the Bill. Boston Celtics? To the Boston Celtics from the Washington the Washington Wizards? Is that possible? Uh, ben, break this down. What you think about that Bill to Boston? I don't hate it. I mean, I'm not really a Celtics fan, so division rivals, I, I <laughs> don't want to see them succeed. But I'm a big Bradley Beal fan. I mean, mm. I think he's been suffering in Washington far too long at this point. Uh, and he just doesn't really fit the team's timeline either at this point. Like they've, they've kind of made it clear uh, the direction they're trending. So I think they should want to trade him as much as he wants to be traded at this point. 
and they I'm sure they'll get a good return for him. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's not a messy thing where he requests a trade and then his trade value goes down and they can't get as much for him or whatever. But Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook kind of got to go from that team. And if he goes to the Celtics, that would be a, a pretty good fit for him. And I think that would, again, be one of those moves that makes the, the Celtics uh, an actual contender in the East next to the Bucks, Sixers, uh, and Nets. But would that get them out the finals? Get them to the finals, though, out the Eastern Conference? I don't, think, I don't think that puts them over the Nets. I honestly don't. I mean, Jalen Brown is is really, really exciting young player. Same with Jason Tatum. Um, Evan Fournier. Eh, like, outside of those two guys, it's not a whole lot there. But uh, you do have you do have Bradley Beal, probably top five scorer in the NBA, along with guys like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Dane Lillard, Steph Curry, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, adding him puts you right next to the Nets. I don't know if it gets you over the Nets, though. I don't think anyone in the East can make a move realistically. That would that would yeah. let me get them over the Nets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Bradley Beal in Boston for me. Okay, I'm – I'm a fan of the Lakers. Y'all know LeBron's my favorite player of all time. Anthony Davis, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Mike, you're a Lakers fan too as well. Big, even bigger than me. However, if Bradley Beal goes to the Boston Celtics, I would have no choice but to root for the Boston Celtics. That's Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum. No, no, no. no. But (laughs) STL's coming out right now. I got, I got a. Rev, I gotta make sure they get there. You know, I, I gotta support them. You know, St. Louis on display. I got it. I, I can't. I know it sounds sounds far fetched. It sounds crazy, but I gotta. I, I gotta roll with St. Louis. I gotta roll with St. Louis. But uh, as far as them getting Bradley Bill, I mean, it's fine. It's okay. Um, for sure, they're gonna compete a little bit more, but. In ways they don't need Bradley Beal. They need a playmaker at point guard. They need uh, a big man. That's it. They don't need Bradley Beal. You just try to make something like that work with Kimba Walker. You know he's kind of the same as Bradley Beal, score for a score first guard. Uh, but it didn't work. It yeah, didn't work. Kem- Kemba Walker has like half a knee though. Of two knees, he's got like half a knee. So yeah. I don't really. I wouldn't yeah, compare the two, but I, I see where you're coming from, though. Similar kind of kind of play. Yeah, and Bradley Beal's not the greatest defender in the world. He's a bit undersized at shooting guard. So, like, I don't think this put them over the top. It'll make them fantastic scoring for the Boston Celtics, but not championship aspirations. Uh, Mike, what you think about Bradley Beal going to the Celtics? Uh, <laughs> literally, I wrote down three words for this. Good, not great. Um, I think him going there obviously be a great, great TV material. You know, you're gonna tune into every Celtic game if if you're if you're not already, or if your name isn't Jordan Daly, so you're gonna already be watching the Celtic game. But at the end of the day, I think the thing we talked about with the Celtics for most of the year was the lack of size. It's a lack of size. Bradley Bill comes in, he's another scoring option. Um I'm, oh, by the way, I'm considering this as if they keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and yeah. Bradley Bill. So yeah. it'd be a three hit, three headed monster. You're gonna you're gonna have some high scoring nights. But to be honest with you, I just don't think it's enough. I don't think that helps you beat the Bucks, who who can out rebound you, who have size. Um, then you talk about Philly, who Embiid and 
whatever they decide to end up doing, they still have size you got to deal with. And then, of course, like we said, the Nets. Does this put you over the top to play the Nets? I don't think it does. Like Bradley Bill, I think, needs to go to a different team where there's a different dynamic. I, again, having this much talent on one team, you've got a puncher's chance at the end of the day. But in the playoffs, when the games slow down and matchups really matter, like you guys said, they, they needed a playmaker. They needed big men. They needed rebounders. They needed guys like that to help improve this team. So I think Bradley Bill makes Boston obviously a, a, a more high-powered offensive team, but I don't think this gets them to the finals, unfortunately. Yeah, and when you're ranked 27th in assist, no, that's a problem. And I, I don't think yeah. <laughs> I don't think Bradley Bill is going to help out with that that much. Oh, yeah, let's go back to the Lakers dial back. Speaking of Bradley Bill's teammate, Russell Westbrook has been linked trade rumors to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. And our favorite person on this show to talk about, Kendrick Perkins, thinks that <laughs> this puts them over the top, gets them back to the NBA Finals. They win it. Let's look at Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Uh, ben, what you think about that? Does that put them back in the NBA Finals alone? I think it could. I mean, if he has a year like the year he just had, it's one thing. But Russell Westbrook has also kind of proven that he can't be – that he doesn't play winning basketball. And I love Russell Westbrook, and I think people who talk about stat padding and whatnot as a a bash on him and and all of his great kind of numbers over the years, I think that's corny to me. But um, I'm not sure if he makes them a title favorite especially over a team like the Nets. Um, but I, he, he does add a lot to that team for sure. And I think they would probably make it out the West pretty handily. But I, I can't – still, I can't see them beating the Nets if, they, if all they add is Russell Westbrook. Really? I mean, like, if they, if they add Russell Westbrook, I think it's definitely put them back in the finals. Um, I mean, Russell Westbrook is still a great player. And then, he, you know, he'll be back – in Los Angeles, you know, he used to play for UCLA. And, I mean, he he's going to be with LeBron. He's going to be with Anthony Davis. I mean, you have no choice but to play winning basketball. You have no choice but play team basketball. He's no longer the captain. It's LeBron. True. He's the True. captain. So, he's going to have to fit in. But, I mean, like, as far as the Lakers' future, we're talking about future prospects here. I, I don't think I would bank on Russell Westbrook. The downside of Russell Westbrook, you know, he is getting older and he's not – he hasn't grown as far as, like, shot efficiency. Like, he'll, he'll still shoot you out of a game. So, in that, in that aspect, I don't think the Lakers need Russell Westbrook, but, you know, if he plays passionately like he, ha- like he has done and when it's on his own, I mean, he equates to finals appearance to me. So, uh, Mike, what you think about Russell Westbrook being with the Lakers? Um, so there's things I like about it, obviously, and things I don't. I would say the things I do like about it is you bring Russell Westbrook to the team. Can this team get to the finals? Yes, to answer your first question, they can get to the finals. You got a guy who's going to bring a different dynamic. Lakers um, were a slower team this year. LeBron likes to control the pace, you know, do this. You bring Westbrook in, you're going to have plays where in three to four seconds, he's up the court, laying it up at the other end. He's just going to always be in attack mode. And that's something good to have 
He'll also be on the boards. Let me not forget that. He'll also create shots for other guys. So there's a lot of good that Russell Westbrook brings if he was to come to the Lakers. But the things that scare me about that is when it comes to the playoffs, him shooting 65% from the free throw line. That is something that you just can't have. LeBron's already not the greatest free throw shooter. And then let's say Anthony Davis has another spell like he did this year from the free throw line. Now your top three players are shooting what in the – mid-70s combined, maybe low-70s. I just don't think that's a recipe for winning basketball. Uh, Again, he shoots 31% from the three-point line. Again, we talked about the biggest thing with LeBron James. You need shooters. You need floor spaces, and he is not that. Um, Me, personally, I'd like LeBron to be the worst three-point shooter on my team on the court at one time. You add Russell Westbrook, he's definitely the guy that's going to be the worst three-point shooter. So those are the two things that concern me the most. Will he be able to spread the floor at the right time in the playoffs and knock down big shots? And since he's always in attack mode in the playoffs, you know they're going to foul. Are you going to hit your free throws? Are you going to hit your free throws when they really matter in some of these close games? Because as we've seen from the playoffs this year, it's going to be a lot of close games because it's just so much talent spread around. So, Again, could we get to the finals with Westbrook? I could definitely see it happen. But do I think it's likely? No, because I think those two things, that free throw percentage, that three-point percent, I think that'll come back to bite the Lakers. So he isn't my first choice. Um, but, uh, again, it's, it's it's a lot. You When you get a guy like Russell Westbrook on your team, you know you're accepting of some things. You're accepting he's going to go all out 100%. You're accepting he's going to push push the ball but you're also accepting sometimes he's going to push the ball a little too much. You're also accepting sometimes he's going to shoot you out of games, like you said, Stacey. So I, I don't think the Lakers are looking for that right now. Also, in, in regards to the future, he's an older guard who relies on athleticism. We've talked about this before. Um, he's had some knee surgery. He's had some injuries. So I don't think this is a guy you're banking on going forward. I, I would much rather get a younger point guard, you know, Lonzo Ball, something like that. But Again, Russell Westbrook, Hall of Famer, he'll get it to the finals, but I don't think there's no guarantee we're winning it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at a trade that actually happened. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies traded away Jonas Valanciunas. Was this the highlight of the trade? Traded, they traded away Jonas Valanciunas to the New Orleans Pelicans and returned the Grizzlies. They get Steven Adams. They get Eric Bledsoe. There were draft picks involved. Um, me, honestly, my personal opinion, I don't understand this trade at all. I, I, I don't get it. So I would like you two to help me out. Ben, let's start with you. Uh, break down this trade. What, what you think of it overall? The uh, same as you, man. That's why I'm making these faces. <laughs> I'm just confused. For, for both teams, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Um, probably has something to do with draft picks. Uh, maybe cap space purposes for the Pelicans because obviously Steven Adams and, and Eric Bledsoe are both making a good amount of money. Uh, and then they get back a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, who's also making money, but not quite as much. I think Steven Adams made close to 30 mil last year, which is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, is the best player of those three guys, those three major guys involved in the trade. He, he's had a Nice couple years for the Grizzlies ever since he was traded by the Raptors. Um, So I think it's a good addition to that team with guys like Zion, Brandon Ingram. um, And he's still, he's still young. He's still sub 30 despite, you know, having been in the league a long time. So I think he, he kind of helps out the Pelicans, but I still, this trade to me, when I saw it, I was just, 
kind of saw it, looked at it for a second, double take, kept scrolling. I don't think it really changes much for either of these teams or yeah. in the way of in the way of you know creating a winning culture, or changing changing their fortunes or, or what have you. Yeah, it don't make sense. I don't understand why the Grizzlies would trade away Valachunas. I think he was nice with that team. I think he was nice. Uh, they just made the playoffs. They just made the playoffs with Valachunas, and he played an important role, a big role. Uh, I don't know why they would break up their chemistry. Um, Eric Bledsoe, I guess he'll be like that veteran point guard, kind of take the pressure a little bit off of John Morant. However, I just – I don't like it at all. I don't like it. It don't make sense to me. Uh, Mike, what you think about this trade? Um, I actually like this trade for the Pelicans more so. Like you guys already said, they, they create some cap space getting rid of Steven Adams. And then you bring in Jonas Valanciunas, 17-12 uh, guy, and he shoots 36% from three. I think he's a, a better four, floor spacing center to play around Zion. With Steven Adams, you, you know where he's going to be at. <laughs> he's going to be in the paint. He's going to be on the boards. At least with Valachunas, you have that option of spreading the floor with him. He's shown he can knock down an outside shot. And another big thing I think this helps with the Pelicans, Steven Adams shot, again, 44% from the free throw line. 44% last year. Jonas Valachunas uh, shoots 77% from the free throw line. So, like you guys said, Jonas is the best player in the trade. I think the Pelicans got the best player. Um, I think they win that trade simply off that. Um, from the Grizzlies standpoint, um, I have no freaking clue. Um, you bring in Steven Adams. You bring in a solid vet, at least. You know, a guy who's been around the block, been around. He'll do dirty work for Memphis. You know, Memphis has always been that that team that, you know, grinds and grit, grind, things like that nature. So, I think he'll fit right in. But as I already stated earlier, he, he's not a great free throw shooter. Um, he averaged under a block last year, which is the first time since his rookie year. So, he's getting older. He's getting up there in age. Is he still that – can he be that lob threat for a, a job? Morant that I'm not quite sure I think they got the 17th pick in the draft along with it so again you you could get a role player there maybe somebody but from the Memphis side I really don't get it and um oh speaking of Eric Bledsoe I seen that Chris Haynes said that uh Memphis doesn't even plan on keeping Eric Bledsoe so really this was just a trade for Steven Adams in the 17th pick and I don't really understand giving up Alex Jones, especially since you just made the playoffs, like you guys said. So I, I, I understand for the Pelicans, you know, if they're going to take it, they're going to take it. So I think the Pelicans get, get a little bit better. And even if they're not a little bit better, I think they get a little bit more cohesive as of how he fits in with Zion Williamson and some of those other players. So good job, Pelicans and Grizzlies. I can't wait to see what they do next. <laughs> uh, can we – can we – Pass some sentiments or something to Eric Bledsoe, man. He's just been going through it. You get traded from Down the Pelicans. Hill. Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. Grizzlies don't want you. You just watch your former team win the championship without you. It's yeah. rough. It's rough yeah. out here. Rough, rough <laughs> life. Uh... Rough life for Bledsoe. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the hot take segment. The hot take. I think Mike got a little something for us. Mike, what you got? All right, man, let's do it. It's been a while, but I got a nice little hot take, man. I was on the internet about, mm, this was about four or five days ago. Immediately when I saw this, I had to bring it to the pod, man. I want to know, know what you guys think. So this hot take comes from Jacob DLS from one of my groups online, NBA Brotherhood. And this is what he had. He had to rank 
power forwards, all right? Rank power forwards. Now, I'm going to list these power forwards for you first before I go any, any further, okay? So you got Kevin Garnett. You got Carl Malone. You got Dirk Nowinski. You got Tim Duncan. You got Charles Barkley. And you got Giannis Antetokounmpo. So he had to rank those. And here is his ranking. I want to hear what you guys think. And then I want, I'm putting you on the spot. You already know I want to hear how you would rank these six players. But first, here's the way this guy, Jacob, had him ranked. He had – I'm going to start from six and go up. So at number six, he had Kevin Garnett. At number five, Charles Barkley. Number four, Carl Malone. Number three, Tim Duncan. Number two, Dirk Nowinski. And number one, the old reigning finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, look, 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 look. Giannis is a great player. I look, Stacey, I already see you going crazy. Look, Giannis is a great player. He fresh off a chill. I got it. 50 points in the game, six, you know what I'm saying? Left hand, right hand, spin, pull up. I got it. But I feel like there's a little recency bias in that. So who wants to go first? Who Stacey, you look you look angry. I'm go coming to you first, Stacey. Please <laughs> first, please react to this list and then go ahead and rank them good, for me. Good. <laughs> this is recency bias written all over it. What? What hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Giannis. Giannis only had like what, like four? Let's be real. Giannis only had four, like four great seasons so far. Just four. He been in the league what, like seven years. Only had four. About seven. Still cooking. Dirk number two. Why? Dirk can't play defense. Dirk two. Dirk cannot play defense. <laughs> oh man, and KG is ranked. It's number. These dudes it's, do not know it's, basketball, it's man. These dudes do not know basketball. What's his name again? This is Jacob DLS. Hey, hey, no shade, Jacob. No shade. It's no, your Jake, list. I'm Big throwing dog. all the shade. Yeah, it's it's yeah, getting dark. Your list sucks. Your list <laughs> trash, bro. Uh, here go my ranking. Greatest power for all time is Tim Duncan. Five champion okay. rings, finals MVP. You can't beat that. Number two. Okay. Number two, Carl Malone. Carl Malone's top five all time in scoring. Number three, Charles Barkley. Y'all know how monstrous Charles Barkley was, and he was only like what six four. He was only six four, twenty eight points, fifteen rebounds. Number four, number four and five. I it's, it's kind of hard, uh, but I'm I'm gonna put KG over Dirk. So I got KG four, Dirk five. The reason why I got this. The defense for me, Dirk just lacking on defense, lacking in that rebound department. Uh, although he scored, he can shoot better, obviously. KG was a monster, but that defense for me, Dirk and Giannis is six, man. He just got started. Oh, he just, in, in his career, he just now crossed like the 20 points per game threshold career-wise. These other players, they got it hitting him. I, I don't get it. Okay, so – one more time. So tell us your list one more time, just so we got it. You had Duncan first, then who? Mm-hmm. Duncan, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, KG, Dirk, Giannis. Okay, okay. I respect. I respect. I'm going to say my list for them, but I, I respect that. <laughs> I definitely agree with you, though. Recency bias. Come on, man. Giannis is not the best power forward of all time yet. But let's go to Ben first. Ben, go ahead and react to this post and go ahead and rank them how you think they should go. Uh, yeah, Jacob, I'm sorry for the way. 
uh, uh, Stacy spoke about <laughs> you, but uh, you kind of deserve it. That was a that was a pretty whack list. Um, Giannis at one is nuts. Tim Duncan below Dirk is ridiculous. Dirk at two is is already nuts, even if you had Duncan one. Um, but I don't know if this is recency bias. I'm gonna have Giannis a bit higher than than where Stacy had him. So I'll put I'll do the same. I'll put Tim Duncan at one. Uh, I think that should be without question, if you ask me. I'll put Malone at two, and then I'll actually go. I'll, I'll go Giannis at three. What? Yeah, I'm going. What? To, I'm going to. Come Over on, man. Charles Barkley. Look at the accolades compared Over to Char- ever compared to the Talk people to him. beneath them. Accolades get kind of crazy when you I look at them. Guy's 26. He's got two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, Champion Finals MVP. The stats are ridiculous too. I know he's only had four great seasons, but he's done more in those four great seasons than some of these guys did in 20, 20 some odd years. Um, so then beneath beneath Giannis at three, I'll go. I'll go Dirk at four, Chuck at five, KG at six, which is tough because I love KG. But compared to the rest of these guys, oh man, that that yeah, that three to three to six kind of range is tough. But my my top two are undisputed. Uh, so I'll sum it up. I got Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, Dirk Nowitzki, Charles Barkley, Kevin Garnett. That's a good list. Hey, so look, we got some opposing views on you. Know, what's wrong? You don't like Giannis at the three, Stacey? No. What's up? No, look, look, look. I love Giannis. I love what he did in the finals. Did the last two games. Fantastic. He deserves it all. Man, great guy. Easily, you could easily be a fan of Giannis, which I which I am. However, just it's overall just he ain't, he don't have it yet. He still got to dominate five more years. Got five more uh, years you of domination. domination five yes. more years. We revisited five more years of domination. He'll be higher on the list. Okay, so here it is. I sat back. I was studying all six of these power forwards. I was sitting back. I was looking at. It. I was like, okay, he did this, but he did that. Okay, <laughs> he did this too, and it was actually tougher than I thought it would be. But I can guarantee you, I don't have Giannis number one. So let's start with this number one. I have Tim Duncan. I think we don't need to say much about that. Mm-hmm. Five chips, San Antonio Spurs, big fundamental, whatever you want to call him. Tim Duncan there. Then my list goes way left, and don't look, don't come at me for my list. It's just how I feel. Okay, accolades, <laughs> talent. The whole thing, this is how I got it. So I got Tim Duncan, one. Carl Malone, two. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo coming in at number three on my wow. list. Like Vincent, wow. he's got two MVP. He's got a defensive play of the year. The only thing he's missing a lot is the longevity. Once he, If he keeps playing these all-stars, he's going to pass all these guys in that. So I have Giannis at three. Here we go. Then I have KG, Dirk, and then Barkley. Now, look. I, you got I, Barkley I at six? I got Barkley at six, six and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I got Dirk above him. I'm gonna Don't tell say you the rings. Do not say the rings. Dirk got it done. Oh. He got it done. I, oh. hate to, oh. I hate to bring it to you like that. But Dirk went out there, took out the Lakers, took out the Spurs, took out the Heat. He went and got it done as the best player on that team. So I give him that a hair 
just that much that Charles, please Barkley, don't come at me for this if you ever see this video. But I got Dirk just a smidge over him as far as power forwards. And and I reserve the right to change my opinion over time. But as for now, that is what I got, man. But anyway, that's so disrespectful. Charles Barkley. Both of y'all are disrespectful. I like Charles. I like it wasn't his fault. Charles played great in that final. He ran against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Why no stopping him? He did. But Dirk, Dirk, that's potentially the best finals run of all time. I gotta I gotta show some respect. It's uh, it's it's arguable. That's what I was saying. It's definitely arguable. I would have to go back and look, but he had the right team in place. I mean, I I would do respect to Ron. I think people disrespect him saying like LeBron lost the finals. It it wasn't for LeBron this and the heat that. You know, the like you said, they swept the Lakers. They they pretty much ran through the West, the West, and they had a great team. They had remember Tyson Chandler, Defense Player of the Year that year. Jason Terry did a run work. Yeah, oh man, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna get that respect to Dirk, but I I think we should revisit this topic in, in yeah, about we, a couple yeah. of months and see what looking because this one, I'm telling you, man. When I was looking at all the accolades and how they stand up. Like it's it's not gonna be long before Jan. I can see Giannis easily moving into that second spot. You know, just judging off the career he's had so far in the trajectory. But then again, we'll see, man. But that's what I got for the hot takes today. Pass it back to you, Stace. It definitely hot takes by everybody around. <laughs> hey, look, man, it's a little different. Side. Oh man, oh man. Okay, <laughs> we, we we got a couple more topics to get through. First, we gotta talk about Team USA. Team USA struggling, struggling. They lost, what, two or three exhibition games, and then the first opening game in the Olympics, lost to France. What is going on with Team USA? We let, let's try to get to the bottom of it. Uh, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, what, what's behind Team USA struggles? Um, I, I think it's a multitude of things. One, like we've, I'm sure everyone's constantly been hearing, and you've been hearing these NBA players say, the, the, the world is catching up a little bit now. There's NBA players here and there on each team. So it's, it's no longer the days where a Team USA is just going to go out and beat everybody by 30. Some of these top-tier teams, the Frances of the world, the Spains, maybe Argentina to a lesser degree at this point, these teams are going to come out, and, they, and they're going to make Team USA work. Um, I think another reason we're struggling right now we ain't got no size, man. We went and, and pulled JaVel McGee in to the, to, the, to, the, to the team, and he only played two minutes against France. So, clearly, th- there's no trust there. Our, I think our tallest player outside of McGee is KD. And, you know, obviously KD can, can guard the rim a little bit, but you don't want him, especially in international ball where it's more physical, you don't want him down in the paint doing all this. Bam is great. He's a great defender, but at the end of the day, isn't Bam, what, 6'8", 6'7"? Okay, He's 69. not 6'10". Yeah, so I think size is a big thing. We just went against France. They had Rudy Gobert down there. That size is going to be a big thing, especially in this type of league where you can get physical with these players, I I think we should have went out. I mean, granted, I don't know which center we could have brought in at this point because a lot of the best centers are from, you know, from other teams. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we needed to go out and bolster that size. And thirdly, man, 
and we've been hearing it. It's been talked about a lot, man. Is Pop the right guy for this job? Is his coaching method the right job? Is he putting these players in a position to be successful? I think it's safe to question that. I, I can't remember the exact record. I think Pop is, like, the only coach who's, like, I think he was 11-6 and six in international play or something like that. Now, it doesn't sound bad, but when you, when you consider they just lost, like, what, about three games right now? It it's clear that when he comes in, he coaches, there's clearly something he's not getting on that level. And look at me trying to tell pop, he don't know on that level, but I mean, it's evident, you know what I'm saying? We we're seeing it out there, guys breaking shots, not in the right position, not able to beat these teams that to be honest, we should be blowing out. I don't care who France got. We were just talking about how Evan Fournier is just a, uh, he's all right. And yet he had 28 the other night, like, Killing them. I watched them play Australia. Nobody want to guard Patty Mills all of a sudden, huh? Patty Mills. Nope. He, he, he going by he going by KD. I'm talking getting to the rack the whole night. He always do that. Yeah, man. So I, I honestly, with as much talent as we have on this team, even if we don't have the size, I feel like we should be blowing these teams out. So man, I don't know. Maybe it's again shortened season, condensed season, right into the Olympics. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker got there late, hopped right on the court. Maybe it has something to do with that. But th- there's a lot of things going on with Team USA, and man. And I, as of right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, what you think about Team USA struggles? I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying I have no room to speak. Canada, Brazil, <laughs> nowhere to be found. Japan, lowest ranked team in the Olympics by far. So none of this is judgment, but uh, yeah, it's just tough, man. It's just like all these NBA players start to go to international competition where a lot of these teams, A, been around each other a lot more, have a lot more cohesiveness than Team USA, and B, they're just used to international play. They're used to the rules. So for NBA guys, different rules, different style of refing, like they let it get a lot more physical. And I think the third thing is that this – is not nearly as much of a powerhouse as American Olympic teams used to be when you would toss guys like MJ, Bird, Magic on the same team. Uh, you see LeBron's not coming out. Steph Curry's not coming out. You're, some of your best players outside of Kevin Durant, like James, James Harden's not coming out. Um, outside of Kevin Durant, the best players from your country are nowhere to be found right now, right? So... Uh, I think that's definitely a part of it. And Mike touched on, on coach Bob, he might be trying to coach them a bit too much like the Spurs teams of the, you know, early two thousands where it wasn't as much talent and it was more of a system. It's the opposite right now. He needs to coach them like coach K coaches Duke and just let these guys run free. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a huge culmination of things. When I saw them lose those exhibition games, I wasn't worried at all. I mean, it's like when LeBron loses game one of the first round, you're not worried about it. Although maybe after this year, you start to get worried about it, but you, you know, it's not really a big deal, but uh, man, that, that actually, or that first actual Olympic game, losing that one was big. And uh, I'm not sure they will win gold. Yeah. Um, for me, like the world, the rest of the world is caught up. Um, they are not afraid of team USA anymore. That was the big thing for Team USA like years ago. A lot of these players, they were fearful of the talent that was coming at them. And also they idolized these players 
at the same time too. Like, you know, Michael Jordan was, you know, world, you know, worldwide at that point. So, you know, you, you on the other side, you, the world, you in awe of Michael Jordan, look, you on the court. At the same time, you know what that man can do. You're afraid of him. Same thing, LeBron, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo, et cetera, et cetera. So that fear factor for Team USA is not there no more. Uh, the talent is there, there, but there's no cohesion. Um, I think uh, them not knowing the FIBA rules, not adapting to the FIBA rules well is also a factor. Uh, you know, like you, like I said, the rest of the world, they are used to those certain rules. They are uh, used to playing team basketball. Um, you know, country pride is always a thing. There's always a big carryover in these games. And I also think Coach Pop is doing a terrible job coaching. I don't think he's the right coach. I think he's uh, – I think he's beyond his years. We had just been proven the last, what, like five years. He don't have it no more. I know we talking bad about Coach Pop. He's one of the greatest of all time. But he just – his style don't fit in with this team. This team is, a, like, a lot younger now. They're more individual. So, you know, I don't think his style of coaching is, you know, aligning with what the team really needs. And I – I can't – I don't know. I can't see him win go either. Um, it's like reminiscing of – what was that uh, team, 2004, where you think you just – your talent just going to outshine the rest of the world, and look what happened. They finished with a uh, bronze medal that year. So, um, I think that from a mental aspect, Team USA need to get together. Okay, these are the rules. These are how they plan. So, we need to adopt and play to that level. Um, I do want to pose this question, though. Do y'all think the NBA should adopt some FIBA rules into the organization? Mike, what you think about that? Uh, I think the, the number one thing everybody's going to jump to is physicality. You know, allow these guys to be more physical. I, I think that's the one thing I would look at. Um, I don't really like too much the goaltending rule. You could just slap it off the rim. I don't really like that too much. But allowing the guys to be a bit more physical, obviously not over the top, but not giving such, you know, these refs, they're not giving you easy calls. Like a lot of these NBA players are used to the little touch calls or a little swipe through. They're they not getting all that. And I, I would like some of that, especially more times in the playoffs. Now, granted, we got a little dose of that in some of the Phoenix uh, Bucks games where a lot of calls weren't being called and they were allowing them to be physical. And then you get the lower scoring games, but I mean, basketball is still supposed to be a contact sport, man, at the end of the day. It's not supposed to be football, but I, I, I want to see these guys go at it, get physical, push you around each other, not get such easy calls, have to really go and earn your bucket. So if there's one thing I could probably take from the FIBA, it's the physicality. Let these guys play a little bit more free, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the same thing, too. Um, I think if I had to change something by the NBA, I would definitely change flopping. I would definitely change the lack of physicality. You can't – you really can't do nothing no more defensively like they used to in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So, if we bring that style back, then the NBA players will get used to it, and then we can probably have a better product for us, Team USA. Uh, ben, what you think should uh, the NBA adopt some fever rules into the, to, to the organization, to the league? I kind of agree with both you guys. I don't think there's too much from FIBA that uh, the NBA could adopt that would make it either better or more entertaining or, or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I played with FIBA rules growing up. It's not any more fun than the NBA rules would be. 
Um, and it, it kind of takes away from the entertainment to some degree because you get those less high-scoring games. Mm. The only thing I will say is, is like Mike said, especially the, the physicality. Um, but I think they're already kind of addressing that because, and don't quote me on this, but I, I think I had heard something about the NBA is initiating a rule that would take away from uh, players that can – like jump into guys to yeah, create yeah, contact right. being a yeah. foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's already a step in the right direction. And like you said as well, might swipe through getting rid of that would be big as well if they can do that soon. So just uh, kind of changing up the refing, but outside of that, nothing really from FIBA would, would kind of pique my interest if they added the NBA. Yeah. So hopefully team USA, we all in agreement that we don't think they're going to get a gold medal. So I guess, uh, we just hope that they'll place, they'll have something to walk away with. But uh, one last thing, the NBA draft is tomorrow or today, depending on what, what time the episode come out. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, there's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of chatter going on about the top five picks. Uh, it can go either direction. We don't know. We hearing things like the Thunder is trying to trade up to get. K. Cunningham, the the Pistons said no. Uh, the Pistons are looking at K. They looking at Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. Houston's gonna be in in a tight bond. What what's gonna happen? Uh, let's try to predict the top five picks. Uh, Ben, let's start with you. What's the top five picks? How are they gonna fall out? All right. So I think this should be the consensus number one guy. It's Cade Cunningham. Far and away, I mean, he's a what six eight, six nine point guard, and unlike Ben Simmons, he's a shooter. He shot forty percent from three last season in college, and I know college three, NBA three, it's a bit of a difference. But I mean, if you already have that stroke to the point where you're shooting forty percent from the college three, I'm assuming he'll be able to develop that into a longer jumper in the NBA. Um, number two, Houston's got the number two. Uh, I think it's uh, Jalen Green without question because they just need. They need the guy with the most potential. Houston doesn't really have any positional needs because they need every position. So you just take the guy with the highest ceiling. And to me, I think that's Jalen Green. Uh, I mean, bucket getter is the only real real way to describe him. He has a ton of scoring potential, good length, good size at his position. Um, So if he can develop that jumper, I think he's going to be one of the best players in this draft. I think the Raptors might end up trading up to take Mobley at three. But even if it's still the Cavs, I think they also take Mobley. They don't really need any more point guards at this point. So why take Suggs, right? Um, and I think whoever whoever has the four, I think they take uh, Kaminga. Because if the Cavs trade down, I think they take Kaminga. If the Raptors stay at four, I think they also should take Jonathan Kaminga because they don't really need point guards at this point either. So uh, it depends, I mean, what happens with Lowry. But – Suggs doesn't make a whole lot of sense right there. Um, and I think Suggs goes five. Uh, so, yeah, I got Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, Mike, well, who are your top five selections? Uh, so I think all of our top, at least the top three, are going to be pretty damn similar. Like you said, Pistons – can't miss out on a chance to get a, a franchise-changing type player, which Kay Cunningham could be. So Pistons, I think they're going to take him. Um, like you guys said already, Jalen Green, score, Rockets needed. They got Kevin Porter Jr., who's another up-and-coming guy. So this adds another fiery guy in their back 
for who can go and get you buckets. So Jalen Green of the Rockets and Evan Mobley to the Cavs. I think he's they're comparing him to a Chris Bosch type. They just signed Jared Allen. So this is a guy who can play with Jared Allen, who can spread the floor, do things of that nature, not clog the paint, and also get to the basket and do some things when Jared Allen isn't on the court. So I, I like Evan Mobley to the Cavs. Now here's where I get a little different than Ben. I actually have Jalen Suggs going to the Raptors. I think I think they're gonna lose Lowry and I think Jalen Suggs is a guy who can play off Van Fleet and kind of give you that sort of similar to that two kind of point guard system the Raptors were running with Lowry and Van Fleet. I think Suggs is, you know, I think he's mature. I think he kind of fits the Raptors mold, just in my opinion. I think he would be a great guy there. Um, and then fifth, I got Scotty Barnes going to the Orlando Magic. Just another guy to Bruce with that front court, more defense. You know, they got young guys over. They got Okiki over there and um, R.J. Hampton, the point guard. So they're, they're rebuilding clearly, and I think he's another guy that can add to them. So that's how I got it. I got Cade Cunningham going to the Pistons, Jalen Green to the Rockets, Evan Mobley to the Cavs, Jalen Suggs to the Raptors, and Scotty Barnes to the Orlando Magic. I don't need to say anything because, Mike, we got the exact same top five. <laughs> like, okay, literally okay. the exact same top five. Uh, No-brainer. Kay Cunningham going to the Pistons. They're, they're, they will be a fool if they pass on Kay Cunningham. Yeah. I think he's a franchise player. Uh, he'll definitely bring back excitement to the Detroit Pistons, who has nothing <laughs> right now. Like, absolutely nothing. I mean, they wouldn't pass on Melo. <laughs> 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 all this forgiving Detroit it's okay it's not okay but <laughs> but uh, they 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 not gonna make the same mistake twice with Kay Cunningham and then we'll see like like for the same reasons uh the other players gonna go where they're gonna go uh Evan Mobley the Cavaliers they need another big man uh Jared Allen might leave I think he's a restricted free agent so we don't know what's going on with her and, okay you know, Toronto taking Jalen Suggs, I'm assuming that Kyle Lowry is gone. I'm assuming that he's gone. Right. Uh, if he stays, that's going to be a little bit dicey. But anyway, for future, for the future, you do want, like, players for the future, too, and build them up. Let's just take uh, Suggs. I think he's the best player available at that point. And then, like the uh, Cavaliers, the Orlando guard do not – the Orlando Magic do not need another guard. <laughs> get, some, get some wing help and you go with Scotty Barnes. Um, what players are to watch outside of the top five that you think they'll like be like one of those like surprising rookies they'll jump and overtake the conversation? Or they could be a top five pick. Oh, I throw it out there. Who you got? Go ahead, Mike. Uh Okay, so I got three names I want y'all to remember. It's one in particular, but I'm going to throw out these other two. So B.J. Boston from Kentucky, score. I think he's about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he could do multiple things on the court. Uh, Sharif Cooper, another fiery point guard, another guy who can go get you a bucket and create for others. But the guy I want to highlight, Nashawn, a.k.a. Bones Highland, VCU point guard, 6'3". Dude can score from anywhere. He could, he's, a, he's a great shooter, knockdown shooter. I'm talking off screens, whatever, catch-and-shoot guy. He can get to the bucket. I like Nashawn Highland. I think he's going to be one of those type players that come off the bench and randomly be like, damn, he got 25. I think he's going to be one of those type players off the bench, a spark plug, especially his first year in the NBA. So Nashawn Highland, Bones, remember that, VCU. All right, VCU in the building. Uh, ben, who you got? Yes, sir. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, definitely those guys that Mike just listed. On top of that, I mean, James Bunite from uh, UConn, like good size at his position. I think he's a 6'5", 6'6", point guard, shooting guard. Um, can score from anywhere. He's great around the rim, though, as well. And then my other name is Josh Giddy. He just, uh, I think he's like 18, 19, just finished up in the Australian League. And he's got shades yep. of like, man, I don't know what I would compare him to. Maybe shades of LaMelo Ball. Because this, this guy's another 6'8 point guard. He's got good good size, probably a bit bulkier than LaMelo at the position. And he's just crafty, good playmaker. Um, shot for him is, is a little bit suspect, but he can shoot. He can knock him down just like LaMelo. Um, so I think maybe, maybe shades of LaMelo, maybe he comes in and surprises people. I'm not sure where he's going to fall, but I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on him for sure. Yeah, I wrote down Josh Giddy too. Uh, we, we've seen the evolution in point guards now. It's like they're getting bigger. They're getting bigger. They're getting up there. We're talking yep. about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 And just like Melo, I think LaMelo, what, like 6'6"? Six, six? I think he's like 6'7", 6'8". Seven, seven, like yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that. he's like 6'8". Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got another one. We got another one. It's crazy how, like, point guards are just steady evolving like that. Um. Two other names I wrote down, I wrote down Keon Johnson. I was hearing his name a couple months ago, rising up the board. Great athleticism, can do great things on both sides of the floor. Uh, I think he'll I think he'll be nice or whoever, wherever he lands. I don't think he's going to fall out the lottery. And also, I'm interested in looking at Davion Mitchell, the guard. Okay, yeah. The guard, um, he is one of the oldest guards in this draft, one of the oldest players, 23. He's a college for a long time, but – I think he's ready, and I think that his defense is polished more than, like, any almost anybody in this draft class. That's going to get him a long way. Uh, he's an efficient player. Uh, we, we saw what he did in the NCAA tournament, so I'm, I'm looking at him too. Yeah, he's got the dog mentality. I like him. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Forgot one guy, Zaire Williams, Stanford, 6'9", mm. plays. Look, I've been on this draft. Like, I've been paying attention. <laughs> That's the one guy I forgot to mention, Zaire Williams as well. All right. We've got the draft coming up. We're still going to be looking out for free agency, which is right around the corner. A lot of exciting things to come in the NBA, but that was the Crying Hoops episode number 59. Once again, I am your host for today, Stacey Carter Second With me, I had... Ben Okazawa and the return of the great Mike White. Thank y'all for listening. Yes, Thank y'all for watching. And we will see y'all next time.